Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. Injury in sports is inevitable, but is the cost of football too high? I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and from WBEZ Chicago, this is Reset. Debates and conversations are swirling around health and safety in the NFL after Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin suffered cardiac arrest on the field Monday night. Hamlin's story is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to devastating injuries in professional football. So what is the league doing to try and make the game safer? We're checking in with WBEZ sports contributor Cheryl Ray Stout and former Chicago Bears linebacker Sam Acho for their thoughts. Cheryl, for those that haven't been following Hamlin and his prognosis, give us a quick rundown of what happened. Well, Monday night, it was a Bills-Bengals game, and we saw what was seemingly a routine play. Bill safety DeMar Hamlin made a tackle on Bengals receiver T. Higgins. And DeMar stood up after the tackle, but shortly after that, he collapsed on the field. And what was really, what really felt the emotions when the players called for help from the sidelines, and there wasn't until we saw the emotions, the tears on their faces, that we knew there was something very, very serious. And one of the things about it is that when the ambulance came up and, and uh, DeMar was on the stretcher, one thing you usually see when a player is taken off the field is a thumbs up at least did not see that. And and when you see that not happening, you knew that this was beyond something more than serious that we've ever seen. What was your reaction, Sam, when you first heard about him having to go to the ICU? I I was in shock. So I was at dinner with my wife. It was her birthday and we were at a restaurant and the game had just started. I wasn't watching the game at the time, but I went to get my car. It was in the valet. And so I went to go to the ATM to just get some money for the valet. And as I looked in the ATM, the garage area with ATM, there was a TV, and it was on CNN, and they were talking about the football game. And I'm thinking, the game's going on right now. Why is CNN talking? And the the bottom line said, player DeMar Hamlin is receiving CPR. The game has been, you know, the game is delayed. And so, so many different thoughts rushed through my mind. Um, I went home. I started to watch it. I'm actually glad I still haven't seen it, right? I went and saw the response since then as they were waiting and, went to commercial break, um, but I played with the Bills for a little bit. I was in training camp for the Bills for a few weeks during my last year in the NFL, so all those, a lot of those guys I know, the athletic yeah. trainers I know, and so it hit me home. It hit me, it hit me deep because that place felt, felt close to home from a team perspective, but also from an athlete and NFL community perspective. We all are, in a lot of ways, one body, and so that's what I felt. Confusion, yeah. pain, sadness, frustration. Well, here's what Chicago Bears running back David Montgomery had to say when he heard the news. Because when stuff like that happens, like sometimes you take for granted the play that you get. It's always an opportunity and a chance that you don't get to play the next play. Um, so it made me look at it a completely different, understand that um, it's important to tell your family members and everybody that you love them. And being able to tell the guys here, you know, um, that I love them and I do appreciate them and who they are, how they come to work. But 
um, outside of being football players, just who they are as humans, um, and understanding that um, I show my love and my gratitude to those guys. Well, Cheryl, listening to Sam and, and David speak there, it sounds like a lot of current and former players across the NFL, they're, they're pretty shook up by this. You know, Sasha, I was sitting in the Hallis Hall press room when David was talking, and after him was Sam Mustaford, and you could feel the anxiety that they felt. You feel felt their, they were afraid, and it, it was tough watching me because, you know, Sam was crying, you know, while he was talking to us, and one of the things they talked about, too, was reaching out to their family, you know, making sure that they knew that they were okay, and this is something that was deeply felt by everybody that's ever been connected to football. And what the Bears did yesterday, which was really, you know, I, and I'm sure they did this across the league, is that they had closed meetings, of course. And in the meetings, they had the team chaplain and their mental health clinician to so they could talk this out so that they could, you know, re- talk about their feelings about this because they all know that it could have been them. And yeah. that's what they they that's what they have to deal with on a day to day basis with this. Yeah, that's the that's one of the scary parts. You know, some are saying Hamlin suffered from uh, commotia cordis. Mm-hmm. The uh, American Heart Association describes that as quote It's a phenomenon in which a sudden blunt impact to the chest causes sudden death in the absence of cardiac damage. In your time covering sports, Cheryl, have you ever seen a case like this? I've never ever seen this. Uh, I've seen brutal injuries where you've seen a player having to be taken off. Uh, I was very close to Daryl Stingley, who was a quadriplegic who took a, a shot to the neck and broke his spine. But the only death that's ever happened in the NFL did happen in a Bears-Detroit Lions game in 1971 when Chuck Hughes collapsed after uh, some plays. And he died that day. That's the only death that we've ever known of as far as an NFL game. Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow had this to say about experiencing injuries during a game. You have 300-pound men running 20 miles an hour trying to take your head off while you're standing still trying to ignore it and find receivers that are open. And then sometimes you got to go run and try to get a first down. That's part of the game, I think. Part of what we signed up for, you know, you're going to have head injuries. You're going to tear your ACL. You're going to break your arm. That's the game that we play, that's the life that we live, and we get paid handsomely for it. Sam, what are your thoughts on, on that? He says, this is what we signed up for. Is that what you had signed up for? No, it's it's not. You know, we sign up for understanding I've broken legs. I've broken my leg before when I was playing with the Arizona Cardinals. I tore my peck during my last year in the Chicago Bears. I understand that there is head injuries that can be involved. But uh, this type of incident and the fact that it could happen to everyone and anyone right? A freak accident in so many ways where you uh, could could cause death, right? Like you don't sign up for death. You use phrases like I'll die for this team or, you know, lock the doors. We're coming out here victorious, but no one signs up for death. And the reason it hit home for so many is that it was a routine football play that was not unique to DeMar. And so when we, when David Montgomery talks about talking to your family and your loved ones, and you hear about teams saying, man, bringing, bringing in, clinicians and also their chaplain, it brings death into perspective, right? And I'm a, I'm a person of faith. I'm a follower of Jesus. So I've been praying and people have been praying. I know the chaplain for the Bills who's been praying. And all of a sudden, just an hour ago, we heard news that, oh, he's actually uh, uh, getting better, significantly better. And I'm like, man, thank you that prayer actually works. Thank you, Jesus, that prayer actually works. So the, the issue, at least, that I see is we sign up for physical contact, and then the head injury piece we're figuring out. 
but no one signs up for death, and that's what we've been on the verge of with DeMar. We didn't know. We still don't know what's going to happen, but mm-hmm. as someone who's a person of faith, I know, I feel like I know how it's going to end. Yeah, I mean, he says at the end there, we get paid handsomely for it. What do you make of that comment? Yeah, for me, yes, you get paid handsomely to put your body on the line to risk specific types of injuries, ACLs, he mentioned, concussions, he mentioned, right? We're seeing some new information that people are making different decisions, retiring early based off of concussion incidents, but not for incidents where you need to be revived on the football field, have CPR done on the football field, be taken to the hospital, and all of a sudden they're they're worried about your lungs, worried about are you getting oxygen to your brain. That's not what we sign up for. And so, yes, there is a handsome payment that people receive, and I understand that, but incidents like these can change the math. Yeah. Well, you know, in your experience, how much did you and your fellow players talk about the possibility of injuries? Like, I mean, on the one hand, I can see you wanting to put it out of your mind. Yes, Sasha, to be honest, we don't really think about injuries. When you're on that football field, you have your pads on and your helmet and your cleats. It's almost as if you're preparing for a a type of battle in so many ways. And when you go into battle, you're not thinking that I'm not going to come out okay. When I tore my pec, on a routine play and playing with the Bears my last season, I didn't think I was going to get injured on that play. You know that the risk is there in the back of your mind, but you're not thinking about that. right? You're not thinking, okay, I'm going to get concussed on this play. Right. You know the risk may be there, but you're not thinking about that. But there is that risk. Nowhere in your mind does the thought come in, oh, I could actually die on this play. And Cheryl made the great point. 1971, 50 years ago, was the only death that we know of that happened in in so many ways during a game, and thankfully we're not going to have another one. But Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow's point is that we understand that injury exists, and that's why people come and they watch the games and all these things. We get paid handsomely. But there's a difference between injury and death. Injury you recover from. Death, um, for some people, they feel like it's the end. It depends on what you believe, right? Like for follower of Jesus, there's a future. But death, death is a different deal than injury. Another part of this discussion, Cheryl, is whether the league takes player injuries seriously, right? For instance, you know, players are returning to the field after clearing concussion protocol, which on average is is just a little over a week. So just talk more about the NFL's concussion protocol so that we understand. Well, first, when it happens on the field, what they do have, they do have somebody that's an unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant that is, is that takes part in evaluating the player and determining if there's a concussion in place besides the trainer. So it's looked at, and they also have to, they do then find out the history of the concussion of the player. And then they have a five-step process that the players have to go through in order to be able to deem able to go back on the field. And one, they have, they have to be able to do limited activity. Then they can do aerobic exercise then it's football special exercise, and then it's club-based non-contact, and then they're clear for, for, for playing the game. So it's a process, and the players have to clear it, and the medical staff and you know people that are not affiliated with the team will determine if the player can go back on the field. With that said, you also have to have the player telling them honestly how they feel, and that's something that has to be put into play with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa is, is another player that's been placed on concussion yes. protocol multiple times this season. Yes. Some have called for Tua to stop playing for the rest of the season, but that hasn't, of course, been the case. Is continuing to play even after multiple concussions, is that okay? It's a problem. Um, 
Sasha, I had a very serious head concussion that lasted a year. So I understand how what goes through your mind and how difficult it is. And the problem with concussions, the continual concussions, you're looking at your long-term health being at risk. Sometimes you feel like you're going to be okay, but you're not going to be okay if you continue to have concussions. And it's up to him. It's up to his, it's his decision, but it's, it's a tough one to make when you're young at that point and when you want to play the game. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. One of the biggest sports stories this week comes from the NFL. We're discussing safety in football after Buffalo Bills player DeMar Hamlin went into cardiac arrest during a game Monday night. And with us now to discuss is WBEZ sports contributor Cheryl Ray Stout and former NFL player Sam Acho. Sam, why do you think it takes major injuries like this one where a man literally dies on the field and is resuscitated for this conversation around football safety to circle back around. The reason is that so many people, when they, you don't think that you're human. Like you don't think these people are humans. You think that they're gladiators and warriors and they're just people that you watch. But the fact of the matter is that these players are real they're human they have feelings they have emotions yes they can get injured and in a lot of eyes if you have a fantasy team well okay well if they're injured i'm going to put them on the bench and put someone else in and then you recover and heal but something like this think about it it's monday night football right the college game i think there was 22 million people watching the weekend before monday night football the only game on the most watched game one of the most watched games Mm -hmm. there's no thursday night game this week it's the it's the last week. It's the penultimate week of the season. And so all eyes were on this game, and all eyes saw not only the player DeMar Hamlin collapse, but also all eyes saw the response from these humans, from the players, in tears, frustration, confusion, anxiety, and it brought everything to bear. It almost was as if the players took off their masks and their helmets and their uh, armor, and you saw the humanity of these people. Yeah. Do you think the NFL has put more effort into player safety since when you were in the league? Like, have you seen changes? Yes and no. Um, yes and no. So there's been a big push towards player safety. Cheryl was talking about concussions. There are new helmets that are put in place. There's these, the, the, uh, the, the consultants that are now spotters watching from up top, looking at, into concussions. But then the other piece of it, too, is everything's a negotiation. So the NFL and the NFL Players Association are negotiating about benefits. Should this money go towards the salary cap, so players' salaries, money in your pocket, or should this money, this revenue that comes from whether it's TV revenue or personal seat licenses, right, people who sit and watch games at stadiums, should that go into benefits? And so I was a part of the negotiations when it comes to the collective bargaining agreement, saying where should this money go? Now people are saying the NFL needs to actually do more my issue is this. You can't talk about player safety being the NFL and not do more behind it. If it's going to be a business and purely black and white and you want to say, well, you're going to negotiate for this and that, then let that be your position. But don't hold that position. Then also say, I care supremely about player health and safety. They are two conflicting thoughts. Hmm. You know, Cheryl, we, we mentioned these new helmets that were put in place, right? And the specifics there being uh, helmet manufacturer Riddell announced this new line called Axiom, right? It's supposed to help combat these head injuries that we're talking about. But do we know how much they could help? 
they've really started using them recently. So we really don't know the impact it's made. I, 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 when I've gone up to training camp, you see them used a lot in training camp with all the players. Uh, nowadays, you see mostly with um, the quarterbacks are, are the ones where you notice that they have those helmets on. But I think it's going to take through the season to analyze it, to find out the research, to see if it did have a, a positive impact. But, you know, the league has had to do things to change besides the helmets. They had to add these targeting um, penalties and because to keep players from, you know, using their head to uh, tackle a player. So that's one thing that they have to keep doing more and more. And they're trying to protect the, the quarterbacks who usually are the ones at risk of, of these, these head injuries. Yeah. But it, it just it doesn't seem like it's ever going to be enough. I mean, and we're focused very much on concussions because of the huge risk when playing football. But what other common injuries are we forgetting, Cheryl? The neck injuries. Like I mentioned with Daryl Stingley, uh, he suffered a neck injury when he played. I saw him play in high school. That's why it's very, very personal to me, is that when he got hit by Jack Tatum of Oakland, he was playing, uh, Daryl played for the New England Patriots, and he suffered a neck injury, and he was quadriplegic. Wow. This can happen. I mean, he was in a wheelchair. He was 26 years old when this happened. He was in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. Those are type of injuries. And I also saw Johnny Knox, a Chicago Bears receiver, who suffered a back injury because he caught the ball. He fumbled it. And in the suing uh, scrum to try to get the ball, a huge lineman tackled him, broke his back. He never played again. You know, and those are injuries. And it's Goodness. not that, that the initial impact and in the injury right then. It's the years after dealing with those injuries and the problems that it causes. Sam, anything to add there? Are we forgetting any other common injuries? And, and I wonder if you have any concerns about your own health after playing in the NFL. Yeah, so I'll start with the second question. Uh, by the grace of God, I've been relatively healthy. You say, well, you broke your leg and you tore your pack. What do you mean relatively healthy? Well, uh no, or at least reported concussions. You know, obviously people talk about sub-concussive blows, the ones that you may not really know about. Um, but thankfully I've been in my right mind. That's part A. And then part B, yes, there are other injuries. People talk about ACLs or neck injuries, and all those things matter. But there's a lot more research behind those, whereas the concussion piece, there's not as much research behind it. Now we're seeing players down the line have issues mentally, and now you're seeing players – commit suicide or players just so much going on as they get older so that's the issue with the concussion the unknown and then now this other unknown with DeMar Hamlin we didn't know that if you hit someone and your heart was beating at the wrong time and you got hit at the wrong spot that something like this could happen right and so yes other injuries do exist but they are not on the at the forefront right now because what we're looking at right now is DeMar and praying for him and looking at right now is people like Tua Tungvaloa we have these multiple concussions and, and praying for them as well. But specifically right now, it's DeMar and making sure he's healthy. That's what's at the forefront outside of the in injuries that we do know about. Cheryl, realistically, is there more that the league could do to put player health first? Obviously, there is. There, there are, like Sam is mentioning, there's many things that they can do. It's a matter if if they want to do it. And they've got to make an agreement with the players to do things. And, and it this has to have, they have to take care of these players, not just now, but in the future when they have to deal with the after effects of these injuries. And the concussion, as Sam mentioned, is the most, it's a, it's a vital one that they really have to do their best 
to try to contain. Mm -hmm. Well, leave us with this, Sam. What's the biggest takeaway from this conversation? What, What do you want fans to know? I want fans to know two things. Number one, the players that you watch and cheer for and and boo and have on your fantasy teams, they're real people uh, with real lives and families that really care for them. Um, So just keep that in mind. The people we tweet at on social media or follow, keep that in mind. And then secondly, that like life is real and death is a real thing. And I just keep on going back to this fact that we've been praying for Lamar. People say for DeMar, people say thoughts and prayers. And it's like, I'm saying, okay, God, I believe you can heal him, right? Like, I believe, and I guess we have, everyone has different beliefs in this country, and I get that. But I'm praying, like, God, I believe you can heal him, and for your glory, Jesus, heal DeMar. And what we've seen and within the last hour, about an hour ago, we heard news that, wow, he's getting significantly better. So prayer works, and we pray to a God who hears us, and that these humans, you and I, and people on football fields, have lives that need to be thought of in a deeper way. Tomorrow is not promised. And so I would just have us all start thinking about not only our now, um, but our future and our eternity. Sam Macho is a former Chicago Bears linebacker and WBEZ sports contributor Cheryl Race Stout. Thank you so much. This episode of Reset was produced by Micah Yason and Michael Liptrot, and it was edited by Andrew Merriweather. Keep up with what everyone is talking about by subscribing to our podcast. And when you do, leave us a rating and review. It helps more listeners find our show. That's it for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll see you this afternoon for our weekly news recap. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.